Hello and welcome to the Church of Jubilee podcast. This is Pastor Jonathan. I pray that if you are seeking a message that is going to be encouraging, a message that's going to be fulfilling, and that you're going to be able to use it as you continue on your week, I pray that you find yourself sitting down and listening to the message that's about to come forth. The name of today's message is called Wrapped and Bound. And as Jesus had to instruct the linen that had been wrapped and bound upon the body of Lazarus, as he had to instruct and command that it loose him, I believe that the Lord wants you to understand that it is not his will that you live a life that is not free. For God has declared you free, and if you are free, you are free indeed. And I believe that the Lord is going to continue to work in your life, but you have to be willing to be uh, subjected and let God bind. Let him bind what is already bound in heaven. So you're going to bind what is on earth as it is in heaven. And I pray that you begin to declare in your life things that need to go, things that need to be bound in the name of Jesus. And let your spirit, let your spirit man be strengthened. May the Lord bless you. God bless you. This is Pastor Jonathan. Don't forget to subscribe and save this as a favorite. We love you and God bless. As we are standing there, let us go to the book of John. We're going to jump right into the word. The book of John chapter 11 verse 41 through 44. Book of John chapter 11 verses 41 through 44. Say amen. Amen. I got a couple of people here. The book of John, chapter 11, verses 41 through 44. For those of you who have been with Jubilee, this message may sound familiar, but I guarantee you one thing that each time that God uses a message, there's always a message for the church that is different from the prior time. Amen. And I believe that the Lord has placed this in my heart today because I believe that many of us are still wrapped and bound. Amen. We're still wrapped and bound in, in things that we're dealing with and struggles. And until we can deal with what we're wrapped and bound with, the Lord cannot move fully as a capacity at the level he wants. Amen. So join me. The book of John chapter 11 verse 41 through 44. Let's read the word of God, what it says. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I know that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now we had, when he had seen these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot. Everybody say bound. Hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Look to your neighbor and say, loose him and let him go. Now make it personal. Say, devil, I need you to loose and let me go the things that you have bound to me today. In Jesus' name we pray that. Amen. You got it. Have a seat. 
Let's get started. You've declared with your own lips right now that God is already working on your behalf. If you don't realize it, you need to understand that God has already started to work on your behalf. He's already starting to break bondage and chains that have been established against you. Amen. So the background is this, that Lazarus has been dead for about four days. So you're talking about somebody who has been gone. They, I mean, they're, they're already their body at four days. For those of you who have seen a dead body, I pray you've never seen one in person, like an actual body decomposing. But you've probably seen a video or a documentary that tells you about the body. After a certain amount of time, the body starts decomposing. It starts smelling in a few days. And it gets real puffed up. And then it releases all these gases that comes from it. So it's not a pretty picture at all. And, and, and you will know when somebody's been dead because you can smell them. Amen. And so this is the situation that Lazarus is in. Lazarus has been dead for about four days. And it was the Jewish custom to place the bodies uh, of importance in the tombs. What he would do is, what they would do is the Jewish custom was that they would wrap them up real nice. Like how many of you have seen the, I know you've seen the mummies, um, Pharaoh, right? Uh, you've seen the pharaohs, uh, the Egyptian kings and all, they would wrap it up real good. Well, think about that in your mind a little bit. Jewish custom was a little bit different, and they would bathe them. They would, uh, you know, bathe them with a the perfume of oil, and then they would wrap them real carefully to, like, kind of like to preserve their, their, their people, like to make them, like, I wanted you to just go in peace and be um, honored in the best way you can, Brother Caleb. So they were very, like, just nicely folded, but they were wrapped real tight so that body and limbs wouldn't go out and the bone was sticking out like this. It was nicely done in order, just like a coffin is, okay? And four days in the tomb means that Lazarus had already started to smell. So there was no doubt that the people knew that Lazarus, has, Lazarus had already died. There was no doubt about that. But something happened when Jesus comes along. This is one of Jesus' good friends. Lazarus was a good friend of Jesus. And, and his friend had just passed, and he could have been there sooner, but he, he didn't. He took his time, and when he finally gets there, he's dead already by that time. And let's just be real and honest with one another. You can smell when somebody's not, you know, not alive, not moving. Not, you can tell when somebody's sick. You can smell it on them. They maybe don't shower as much, or maybe they, you know, they got a body odor coming out a little bit. You just know when it's happening, right? It's like a spiritual sense. I mean, a physical sense that, that you can smell it. Well, in the spiritual realm, I want you to understand that when somebody is dying in the spirit, you can easily see that. It's easily determined by that. How do, you, how do, how do we know when somebody is not doing so good in the spirit? Because they begin to smell like a dead body. They begin to slowly throw off odor, and, and the fruit starts showing bad fruits. And you know, man, something's not right. I need to pray for that person. You know, something's just bothering them, or I don't feel right. Amen. But Jesus comes around and says, the first thing he does is he gives thanks. He says, Father, thank you for hearing me. That's the first thing he says. He gives thanks for the Lord hearing him. Just like when we come to the altar and we say, thank you, Jesus, for just everything that you've done for me. We're giving him thanks. Amen. And the second thing he does is he commands Lazarus to come forth, to come forward, to come out of the tomb. And then he sends up a follow-up command from the grave from the clothes to loose him. So I want you to take away these three points. He first thanks God. Then he declares by making a command what he wants to be done. And then he follows up and says, now that the command has, and the command has been made, I command and I declare that I'm loose. Loose the clothes off of Lazarus and move forward. Amen? You with me? 
I focused on Lazarus coming out of the tomb. There's another message I have. It's called Out of the Tomb. But how many of you have ever tried walking when you're, you've been in a potato sack? Have you ever tried the potato sack races where you're trying to hop and you're hopping and you're trying to go real quick, but you really can't because your legs are bound? Amen? Well, yeah, and then you fall. That's, that's the same thing that Lazarus. Lazarus couldn't even walk. And can you imagine he's wrapped up real tight? God comes to come, come to life, and then he starts trying to move, and he's like, I can't move because I'm restricted. Like, I can't even look to the side because I'm so tight. I can only imagine that his body probably just came straight up like this. And then he was like, okay, now what do I do? Because unless someone cuts this off, I can't move. Right? But God said something to him to the clothes to loose him. And, and I want you to know that there is a spiritual significance. Everything that God does, whether there is a miracle, whether he talked to somebody, there is something spiritual that you have to grasp from that. And a lot of times in our lives, we become like Lazarus, and we become dead, and we become, our spiritual life has begun to die, and it begins to wither away. And God tells us, I want to revive you. And then when we start coming back, and I'm like, I'm starting to feel a little good. But then you try to take off, and you're like, oh, oh, oh snap, like, what just happened? I'm still stuck. I can't move forward. It's because what has bound you to those to the tomb has continued to keep on and stay a hold on you. And, and what I want you to know is that God wants you to be loosed. Amen? He wants you to live a life of freedom, to be free, not to be under bondage, not to be under slavery. Not saying like slavery back in the day slavery. I'm talking about a slavery where you're a slave to your addictions, where you're a slave to the sin, where you're a slave to your flesh. And you can't, your flesh is so important to you that you cannot deny the flesh at times. Amen? I'm talking about a wrapping that is bound, a spiritual bound that the devil begins to attack you. And it begins to attach things to you. And you can't move. And just when you feel you get a little bit of breath and God tells you to come forward, you're like, uh, and, and you barely catch your breath. And guess what? You're drugged back down to the same thing that's carried you many years. Or that's detained you. Amen? He can't move because Lazarus couldn't move because of the ceremonial wrapping that was on him. And a lot of times, you and I are very similar. We're wrapped and bound. Yeah, you're in church. Yeah, you are here and you're, praise God, hallelujah. But even that, it's like, praise God. Or, thank you, Jesus. And you're bound because you're dealing with some things. Because somebody in your past hurt you. Because somewhere in, in your process of growing up when you were younger, you encountered some hurt along the way. You encountered a, a pain, and that pain doesn't go away. And, and you try to move forward in Christ, and guess what? It seems like you move a step, and then you get knocked back down. Why has this happened? Because the devil, his whole plan, the enemy's plan is to keep you wrapped and bound. You get it? He wants you to hold still. He says, I don't mind you believing in Jesus. I don't mind Jesus saying, come alive, and you sit up, and you're okay. As long as you don't start moving, you can be alive all you want in Jesus. As long as you don't start moving for Christ and start doing things for his kingdom, you can be all cool and calm right there where you're at. Stay wrapped and bound. As a matter of fact, I'll get the demons to throw some more wrapping around you, make you a little bit more tighter so you can feel a little warm. I'll keep you there. But God forbid you step up and start walking loose because if you walk loose, you're a big danger to my kingdom, the enemy says. Amen? And we hear it all the time. We hear this saying, you know, you, even the movies, they try to mock it in the movies. But it says, you know, the book of John chapter 8 verse 36 says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free... 
you shall be free indeed. Amen? Isn't that so simple? But yet, we, we don't, yet some of us are still bound. Think about that for a moment. Let that sit there. God says, if I've made you free, you're free. Simple as that. So then why is it half of the church still in bondage? Why are some of our members dealing with things? Why? Because they're still wrapped in bound. Amen? If God says that you are to be free, then you are to be free. We, we think that living in freedom is living our life but still being held back by something. We think that it's still being held back by chains or, or, or by bondage. And, and what I mean is, you know, don't go too far. Look at your life. I want you to examine your own life and think about why haven't you stepped into the calling that God has given you? What has stopped you from stepping into the calling that God has said, I need you to be a part of this church. I need you to be involved in something in the kingdom of God. Whether that's ministering, whether that's evangelizing, whether that's, whether that's opening a door, whether that's playing an instrument, whether that's singing. What is it that has held you back? I guarantee you it's not God's will for you to be sitting there thinking like, mm, it's just because God doesn't want me to. Absolutely not true. What happens, though, is we deal with the bondage. The, we're still wrapped and bound by the linen, by the past sins, by the, by the struggles we struggled when we were younger, by the people that, like I said, that did harm to us, by the unforgiveness in our hearts, by the uncaringness, by the pride that blinds us, by the bitterness. And, and we tie ourselves up, and we, and we can't move forward anymore because we're so bothered inside that we can't move forward. But I got news for you today, and is it that God is giving me this message because he wants his church to be free. Not free like I'm only free for a few weeks, and then I'm going to go back because I feel like I'm dealing with that, so I'm going to let it come back in my life, and then I'm going to start struggling all over again. That's not freedom. If you go to jail, and, and, and you get freed by a bail bondsman, and then later on, a week later, you go get go in jail again, then that's not truly freedom, amen? Because you're still going back to the same things. And God des desires for you not to go back to what was used to be, hallelujah. So there's chains that I'm talking about, chains of depression, chains of unforgiveness. There's chains of mockery. There's chains of idols. There's chains of addiction. Addiction's a big one. I'm not just talking about drug addiction. I'm talking about anything that you can't let go for God. For the people who aren't married, you don't have really many in here. I mean, he's a young man. It's not towards you, my brother. But people who are young, who are, who are not married and young and they're growing in their lives, they have a desire. They're growing. They have a desire for hormones and, and they want to be with a, a, a woman or a woman wants to be with a man. And, and their flesh at that moment is driving 100% more than their mind is. And, and all they want to do is satisfy their feelings. Those are addictions. Those are, those are chains. Those are bondage. That, those are the wrappings that go around you. And, and then you get the other ones that have been in church all their lives, but somebody hurt them. Somebody hurt them at one point in time, so they can't forgive, so they don't move forward in the ministry. So they show up to church. They play church. They raise their hands. They go to pastor. How are you? I'm blessed. I'm great. I'm blessed. How do you favor? But then they still deal with the issues. They go back home, and they're still stuck. They go back home and they're still thinking and they're sitting down and, what am I doing? Why doesn't my life have purpose? Amen? Some of you been there? Amen. Right? You're going to appear that you're free, but in reality, you've still got a wrapping all around you. You're still wrapped and bound because you haven't let God deal with what's inside of you. And until God can deal with what's inside of you, 
You won't go. Change that prevents you from living free in Christ. If God has said you've been free, then you're free. What, what part does he need to make clear to us? That if you're free, you're free. That's it. End of story. You don't have to go back to it. And guess what? When temptation comes and they bring that beer before you and they say, come on, man, just drink one for me. We're buds. It's cool, man. Drink that alcohol. Good. Bro, no one's going to know that you have your, the, the authority to say, I'm not a slave to that. That doesn't own me. Because God now lives in my life. And I desire to please God. And that is not going to bring anything good for me. Amen? That, that's an example I give. But, it, but I want you to understand that the principle was this. You don't have to be a slave and bound to what's held you down. If you're always sad and depressed, you don't have to be a slave to that. If you're bound by sickness, you don't have to be a slave to that. God has said, I can free you from that. And once I free you, it's not like the world's freedom where you get it for a while and then you go back and it's come back to you. You're free. You're free. Because God says, I paid a price on a cross. I was crucified. I was spit on. I was beat. I bled. I sweat tears. And still, you know, I want you to know I did it because I love you. But I can't help if you take the hammer and you get your net, your hand, and you nail yourself back to the cross. Amen? The devil's main purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. You guys remember that from the scripture? Steal, kill, and destroy. What does he steal? Your joy. Right? He steals your joy. You're not happy anymore. And guess what you do? You're not happy anymore, so you're not free anymore because you're like, nah. I'm not happy. God blesses me, but he doesn't bless me like I want him, so I'm not happy. He attacks your freedom. He attacks your ability to walk a, a free life. And then he kills your dreams because if he takes your joy away, then you're not motivated. If he steals what's precious to you, for instance, like an instrument for me, if he takes away the bass, if the, Lord, if the enemy just take away my, my bass, I would have a hard time releasing sometimes just frustration that I go through because through the music is what God feeds me through. That's just me as a musician, okay? You have your own ways. But he kills it because if you don't have the desire to do that anymore, he kills your joy. And then after a while, the thing that brought you to God is used as, an, uh, uh, as a weapon against you. He kills your dreams. He kills your future. And then he destroys little by little. But here's the thing about Satan that you must know is that the devil doesn't do it. He gets you to do it. He gets you yourself to do it. He just provides a setting. But some of you are, are here today and whether you're watching through Facebook Live and you're watching us, this might be for you as well. You're in church today. You're breathing. You're alive. Like I said earlier, you come, you know the words. We say, praise the Lord. You say, amen. God bless you. Amen. But yet you're, you're living a, a life that's inside that is just terrible. Amen? You have a good service. You come to church. You get one good Sunday and you're like, whoo, Brother Rojo, I'm on top of the world. Because I feel it. Man, God moved in the service Sunday. I'm good. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go take on the world. And then, and then guess what? Midweek, you're like, 
come Thursday? I'm like, man, why are we even here? <laughs> Gosh, God, you said you're going to be here. What happened? And you live off emotions. You live off one Sunday to a next Sunday. And every Sunday you, you may come or every now and then you come and you want God to jump start you. And you, you want him to put the defibrillators on you and, and really like give you a good shock to wake you up because you come in dead. Because throughout the whole week you've lived in bondage and you've been wrapped and you've been bound and you haven't allowed God to deal with you. So when you come to church, you're like, God, I need a jump. My battery's dead. Can you give me a jump? That's not freedom. That's living from paycheck to paycheck. Amen? I mean, that's living from jump to jump. But what God does desire is he desires that, that you become, you deliver, you get delivered from what that you've held inside. If there's something that you can't forgive something, somebody with, you need to ask God to help you deal with that. Because unforgiveness will lead to destroying your spiritual life. And I'm not, and there's many things that each of us have carried. I mean, we all carry things. We all carry hurt, pain. I mean, I bet you we were to ask a random question of who has been hurt by somebody um, when they were younger in this room. I'm not saying don't raise your hand, but I'm saying you would probably be surprised of how many hands go up. You would probably be surprised of how many people have been messed with when they were younger. It would surprise you that a child of God would have to go through that. And if you ask them, how many of you still struggle with that, you'd probably see more hands go up. Because that's what the devil does. He brings old dirt, old school stuff, old things that he threw at your family, and he brings it to you and says, oh, I'm going to pour into you now. But God talked to Lazarus, and he said, Lazarus, come alive, come forth. And then he says, he noticed right away that he was bound, and he says, loose him. He could have just said, take off the clothes, take off his wrappings. But he commanded it because he wanted you to learn something. What does the word of God say? What, what you shall bind, what is bound in heaven shall be bound on earth. You remember that? You remember that? Isn't that the Lord's prayer? Am I wrong in the Lord's prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. There's another way of saying it. Which you shall bind on earth, or on earth as it is in heaven. I learned this this last week. It was so powerful. My wife was listening to it with me. I learned this, and I thought it was so awesome. Let me ask you a question. Is there a disease in heaven? Is there a depression in heaven? Is there sickness in heaven? Is there unforgiveness in heaven? Is there bitterness in heaven? Is there anger in heaven? You get the point, right? So if it's not in heaven, the word of God says that I can bind it here on earth and it shall be done as it is in heaven. Which means you don't have to live with the filth that has been put on your life. You can tell that, nope, it's not like that in heaven. And I don't receive it. And I declare that you loose me from whatever you've attached to me. You get in that? That's how you start declaring victory in your life. Because you won't have the victory until you start loosing things by the spirit of God in the name of Jesus. And that's where the power is going to come. Whatsoever shall be bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. Bound in heaven, bound on earth. Same old, same old. If somebody is struggling with a sickness, they don't have to live with that sickness. Because God says, if you bind it on earth as it is in heaven, it shall be done. Understand that the kingdom of God has nothing of that inside. So God wants you to know the only thing you need to be a slave to, if you want to look at it in that sense, is God. As a servant. 
Because everything else that falls in between is not of God. And until you declare it, here's the point. You have to declare it with your own lips. I can't come to you and pray for you and ask God to lose something if you're not ready to let it go. It doesn't work like that. You have to be willing to come and say, God, I loose the spirit of depression in the name of Jesus. And it has to obey you. You know why? Because you're declaring by God's authority. I'm teaching you something very, very practical, but very powerful here. If you can learn to start loosing things in your life that have held you captive as a prisoner, you're going to be living free. My wife can testify of my struggles. When I was younger, I was a young, very arrogant young man, and I was, I was just really, I was really bad. I mean, I look back, and the Lord just convicts me like nobody's business, and I'm like, I was really bad. I was not a good person. But when God set me free from that because of prayer, oh, my gosh, my life changed. Amen? And I don't tell you that because I'm perfect. I tell you that because I just want you to know that if God sets you free from something, you don't have to go back. I don't desire to be a jerk to my wife like I was uh, 10 years ago. I don't desire that anymore. I don't desire to be a, an, un, uh, you know, an unproductive, unfaithful person, if you want to think of it in that sense, because that's, that's the old Jonathan that was. And God has set me free, and I've realized one thing. God, if you truly set me free, I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to go back and say, okay, Satan, put the cuffs on me. Throw me back in jail. Throw me back in the drunk tank because I'm back again. Why? You're free. But you're wrapped and you're bound. And as long as you are still wrapped and bound and you've got issues inside that you haven't let God, you're like, God, don't touch that part. God, don't touch that little box that's inside. There's a little box inside, and it has my deepest secrets, God. But I don't want you to touch them because they hurt so much. If you bring them out, they're going to hurt, and I don't want to deal with it right now, God. So please don't touch the little box. Go around it. Go around that little, that little black box that's inside. Don't open that box with the key of secrets, please, God, because I'm not ready to let it go. And as long as you keep doing that, you're never going to be free the way God designed you to be free. You're still going to struggle. And then you're going to go somewhere else. You're going to talk to somebody else. You're going to see somebody that, you know, that reminds you. And you're going to go back again. Back to the throw me in jail again, Satan. Here's the cuffs. Here. Lock me up again. Amen. I believe the Lord wants you to know today that you are to live free as of today. But what's going to happen is when you come to the altar and I make the altar call, and I'm going to invite everybody up here to come, okay? What you tell God that you're dealing with and what you allow God to deal with is going to determine the level of freedom that you live in. Because if you come up here and you think it's just like, I mean, and you haven't dealt with what's inside, you're going to have problems. And you're going to go out there and you're going to be all mad. And you're going to be all bad. If you look at your family, I've preached this before, and I always, I'm big on this, because I want you to see something. Do you think that, let me just ask this question. Raise your hand if you think the devil has anything new. That if he brings anything new to you, that he has new schemes and new tricks and new ways to get you. 
doesn't. You know why? Because he goes, like a doctor, let's take a look at this rap sheet. Let's take a look at this doctor's uh, medical history, this person's medical history. Okay, diabetes, I'm, I'm good at that. Um, high blood pressure, I'm definitely good at that. Um, let's see, oh, alcoholism, I'm, I'm, I'm a king at alcohol. I got commercials out there that show this. Um, what else? Let's see, um, fornication, adultery. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what. This new young blood that's coming up on my, on my block here, claiming to be a Jesus Christ fanatic, guess what I'm going to throw at him? Oh, I'm going to throw some of this medical history at him, this spiritual history at him. Because if I got his grandpa, and if I got his grandma, and I got him, and I got her, then I'll get them too. So he brings nothing new. But guess what we do? Oh, the Lord is tempting me. I just, oh, just want to do it, man. Boom. And there you go. You become a part of history. Then write your name down. Got him. But aren't you glad that there was a God that said, I don't care what the devil has in his little medical history book. I got a book that gives them eternal life. I got a book that says you are free. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed. So my children might have a, a rap history, right? Is that, is that the way they call it? A rap history? I think I said rap, right? What's the right word? Ra okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, a, I'm old school, I guess. <laughs> uh, I have a rap sheet, and it doesn't matter what they have on that rap sheet. Because as long as they come back to me and give me their life and begin to serve me and walk in the freedom that I've given them, I don't care what Satan has on them because my blood has covered all of that. Hallelujah. And as long as the blood has covered it, it's covered and it's free. You don't have to live the way you used to live. God has said you are free. And somebody who's free is going to walk out there and say, I'm a free man. I'm a free man today. I'm a free woman today. I'm not going to let the devil hold me down to what he's held me back to because I got a purpose. And as long as I am living in my purpose, God has the rest. Amen. But it starts with the way God did it. You come to the altar. You thank God for what you have. And then you declare that the bondage becomes loose. Then you declare what it is that you know. Only you know yourself. Only you know what what you have hidden inside the little black box inside your heart that you've never brought out for anybody because it hurts so much. When you come to God with that black box, that's when you truly live in freedom. Those secrets that you hold inside that no one else knows, when you come and you repent and you give them to God, that's when you begin to live in freedom because Satan can't touch it anymore. But until then... You'll be wrapped and bound like Lazarus. You'll be alive at the time when God wakes you up and God will breathe into you. But guess what? You're going to stay there warming up the bench or the pew all your life because you haven't dealt with, let God dealt with what's inside. I'm not here to call anybody out. I don't preach this message to call out your faults. This is not into anyone in particular, but for the entire church. Because I believe that God wants us to, God wants us to live free. And if you're free, why go back to what kept you a slave? Why go back to what kept you down? You need to start declaring, Brother Caleb, I know 
I've talked to you about this. The power of declaring in your life. Amen. And I tell him because I always talk to him. We usually have talks and, you know, and if they're good talks, then we talk. But I know because I've seen it in his life that when you can start loosing things in your life, if you have struggled with finances, whoever you are, you can tell God, God, I loose the enemy off of my finances. God, I pray that you teach me to be wise, that when I have that money, when I have that good lump sum of money, I'm a wise man with it. I honor you first with it, through tithes, through offerings, and, and then you do the rest, God. That's freedom. That's declaring in your life. If you've been struggling with a sickness, you have the authority to say, you know what, in Jesus' name, I declare this sickness to go. Loose me sickness and go. And if it doesn't happen right then and there, that's okay. You keep believing on it, Brother Chris. You keep believing on it. Because God's not a liar. If he said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. It may not be right there when you want it, but it will happen. The rest of us have to be patient. Let us stand. Wrapped and bound. I'm not asking you to come and confess your sins to me. All I'm asking is you come when you come forward, you have that one-to-one -one talk with God. Just whisper to God. Just so that your mouth says it. That your mouth says it so the demons can hear it. So the spirits can hear it. That they have to leave you alone now. I don't need you to come confess it to me. I'm not here for that. I'm here to establish a connection between you and God. And the only way God can do it is if you come clean. And you say, God, when I was younger, God, there was this one person hurt me, God. And for the longest time, Jesus, I never dealt with it. And so I would go on through my history and, and I would go on, but I never let you deal with it, God. But you know what, God? It has to go. It has to go. Because I'm tired of living like I can barely breathe above my head. My, my head's barely above water. That's how clean you got to become. That's how you got to talk to God. And I know I'm speaking to somebody here because we all have baggage. Bring it to the altar. Give it to God. As you are there standing, I'll leave you with this. You have to declare. Listen to me carefully so you understand. You have to declare with your own mouth. You have to speak it with your own mouth. You cannot let, I cannot speak it, no one else will speak. You have to say to yourself, you got to say and speak it. If it doesn't come out of your mouth and it's in your thoughts, it doesn't count. You have to let the devil know and the demons know that it is enough, that you are no longer a slave to them and you are now going to be living free because you're no longer wrapped and bound. But until you say it with your mouth, it will not take and come to effect. Because God needs you to confess it with your mouth. Whatever it is that has held you back, God needs to confess it. And watch what God is going to do in your life. Watch the way your joy is going to be restored. I'm going to open up this altar. I'm going to ask that everybody just come. Let them know.